Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning the book Hovos Halevabot by Rabbi Bahia Ibn Takuda. We're in the second book in the gate of self-accounting. And today, uh, Rabbi Bahia, he says that a person should make an accounting with his soul as to how he has become immersed in love for this world and place worldly desires ahead of love for the next world. He should endeavor to remove from his heart love for this world and replace it with love for the next world by contemplating the end result of both worlds and what his final condition will be in both abodes. He should try to banish love for this world from his heart and instill in it steadfast love for the next world. So this, um, this is a little hard to understand. Uh, we are in a world where we love to eat, we love to dress, we love to um, enjoy. And this is something Hashem put into every human being. We, we are pleasure seekers and we run away from pain. This is the nature of humanity. And um, so what is he saying here? What is he saying here? Like, don't love your world, don't love your home, don't love your home car, don't love the things that make your life nice. Uh, what is he saying? So what he's saying really is that people forget that they're in this world for an instant. We're really here for an instant. And people forget why they're in this world. And, uh, and when a person comes to this world and he forgets the purpose of his, of his existence, that's when the material world takes over his life. So this is what he's saying. He's not saying like, don't drive a nice car or don't have nice clothes or don't go on a vacation. This is not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that the material world is there so you can live a spiritual life in this world. Like to take the material and use it for the spiritual. Use it for doing acts of kindness. To Use it for making other people happy. Make it so you can, uh, for example, drive uh, someone to an appointment in your car. Use the material world for the purpose of, of spirituality, spiritual pursuits. This is what he's saying. Like, don't get confused. Don't think that this is it. Uh, I once heard someone say, like, it's imagine that you're going into a store and you need uh, a dress for a wedding. You're going to buy a dress from a, for a wedding and, um, and you're focused. You have this wedding. You will need a dress. And you come to the store right after you finish your work day. And you only have one hour before the, the store closes to, to buy the dress. And you come into the store and there's this lady in the entrance of the store with the, with the perfume so you can smell it. And then she tells you it's, it's 50% off and you forget and so you buy the perfume. And then you pass through the, through the aisle of the shoes and you see that if you buy two shoes, they'll give you one for free. So you go in and you start trying on shoes. And then time goes by and you forgot why you're there and suddenly someone is calling on the intercom like uh, please come and pay your, your purchases and the store will close in 15 minutes and 15 minutes and then you realize you say oh I came for a dress I never went to the, to the dress department I forgot about it and this is what what life is really Hashem sent us to this world with a purpose 
we come to this world to elevate this world, to make a, a dwelling place for Hashem here with the full, with the whole package. And when we come, we forget, oh, I, I'm eating, but did I do a braha? Did I do a blessing? Did I thank God for my food? Is it kosher? Is it not kosher? Oh, it came Shabbat. I forgot I have to keep Shabbat. We forget why we're here. So one of the wise men said, as water and fire cannot abide together in one vessel, so love for this world and love for the next cannot dwell together in the heart of the believer. They, the wise, have also said, this world and the next are like two rival wives. Mollify one, you antagonize the other. So too, my brother, both your soul and body require supervision and thought. To strengthen and promote the soul, one must train it in morals and fields of knowledge, guide it in the ways of the wisdom, teach it in the personal virtues, and restrain it from pursuing its low desires. To strengthen and promote the body, one must supply it regularly with different kinds of good, tasty food and with drinks suitable to its constitution. Bathe it in lukewarm water and pay constant attention to its welfare and needs. So what he's saying is, is that we have a, a body and a soul. It's a, a soul that lives inside a body and each one of them has different needs. The, the, the body needs to eat, the body needs to sleep, the body needs to be clean, the body needs to be pampered. Uh, the soul, on the other hand, the soul needs to be connected to its source. So it's a, it's a, you need to, to, to be able to be kind to both. You have to be kind to the body because it's the house of your soul and you have to be kind to your soul. So. If you devote your mental energy to promoting your body and give it all your attention, you will have to neglect the promotion of your soul. What it's saying is, like, you need balance in life. You cannot be one-sided person. You need to be a person that feeds the body and feeds the soul. But don't feed the body so much that it will take over you and you will forget your soul. It says that in the Alter Rebbe, in the, in the Tanya, it says that the, a heart can become very, very insensitive. You can become like a rock. And the way to, to, to make that heart feel again is by crushing it. So the Rebbes, the, the Rebbes in those times, they were very humble people. And every time they felt like their heart was getting like stall, what they would do, they would humble the body. So what he would do is like if the body was grumbling because it's hungry, he would say to the body, you know what, let's wait 10 minutes. I need to finish uh, praying or I need to finish learning or I have to call this person. And he wouldn't just feed the body right away. He would let it wait a little bit. Like, who's controlling you? Is the body controlling you or are you controlling the body? So if on the other hand, you focus on your mind or invigorating your soul and devote your attention to it, you will have to neglect many of your body's interest so it's neither way it's good neither one like you have to have a balance you have to go the middle path you have to give precedence to the body when the body needs to be taken care of and you need to give precedence to the soul when the soul needs to be taken care of so prudence dictates that you give preeminence to your soul which is your sharing eternity so the soul comes first because the soul is eternal. One day we're going to leave this world and the body is going to become nothing. It's going to be maggots and it's going to go to the ground. And, and we're going to be, become nothing. 
And then the soul, soul is eternal. The soul will never, no, will never die. It's going to continue. So rather than to your body, which will pass away and that you nurture your soul and care for it, but do not deprive your body of the things that are vital to it. Do not overtax it or weaken it. For this will weaken both body and soul. So if you have a weak body, the soul is going to be also, won't have the strength to be able to do the things it has to do. Uh, and you see it when people are in pain or people are going through a hardship. It's very hard to connect to the neshama. It's, it's, it takes over. So rather provide your body with enough sustenance to maintain it in good condition and provide your soul with more than enough of the fields of knowledge and moral teachings. And along these lines, the wise one said, do not be over-righteous and not, do not be too wise. Why become despotent? Do not be over-wicked, neither be a fool. Why die before your time? It is best that you hold on to the one and not let go of the other. And this is in Kohelet. And this is a, there's a story of the Alter Rebbe that says that it was a young keeper and he was leading the prayers uh, for young keeper and he was wearing his prayer shawl and he was praying like with fire and he was so ecstatic and he was so connected that the whole congregation was like uplifted. And then suddenly out of nowhere, he took off his prayer shawl and he ran out of the synagogue. And everybody was like, what happened to him? And they ran after him. And when they saw, he came to the border of the town where there was a very small house, very dark inside, but they could hear the cries of a newborn baby. And the altar Rebbe went into this house and he chopped wood to light the, 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 the stone, the, the oven, uh, to bring warmth to the house. He made soup for this mother that had just given birth and was laying in bed and couldn't move and she was alone and took care, care of her, took care of her, fed her, made sure she was okay. When she was okay, she, he went back to the shul. He put on his prayer shawl. This was Yom Kippur, imagine. You're not supposed to chop wood on Yom Kippur. You can't cook on Yom Kippur. But the Allah says that if there's a person that is sick, you're allowed to do for them. So in this case, this mother, it says that when a mother just gives birth, she's gravely sick. So he had to take care of her. So he went back to the synagogue and he, and he continued with the prayers. So what this story teaches us is that the, the, we need to be, get out of ourselves. We need to really, the body's important, but really what's important is what happens with your body and your soul, what you do with them. So that, that is, do not go to extremes in adopting the ways of the righteous who withdraw from the world. We are not sadikim. We are merely people trying to be benonis, trying to go the middle way, trying to be good people. We are not sadikim. We're not meant to be sadikim. Hashem is not expecting from us to be sadikim. He's just expecting us to be the best we can with what he gives us. So what he's saying, uh, Rabbi Bahia, is that we should not, not uh, go to extremes in our life. We should always go the middle path. And this refers to the death of the soul when it's overcome by low desire and drowned in a sea of physical delights. Rather than take the middle, rather take the middle path and hold fast to your final home. But do not renounce your world here, for from this world you must take your provisions for the every, everlasting world. So don't renounce this world. Don't take it lightly. Appreciate it. 
because it's in this world that you are going to be able to get to the next world. If you don't have this world, you're not going to go there. <laughs> you need this world. You need to be able to come to this world and do mitzvot and learn Torah and be kind and do goodness to be able to have a place in the world to come. So this world is the entryway to the place of, of peace, to the palace of peace, as our sages of blessed memory said. This world is like an antechamber before the next world. Prepare yourselves in the antechamber that you may enter the grand hall. And this is in the Pirkeabot. And so the wise one said, do not be too wise and did not say, do not be too foolish because for us there is a limit to wisdom beyond which can, cannot go. That is, we are permitted, even obligated to pursue any kind of wisdom that draws us to God's service and leads us to fulfill his commandments and demonstrates his wisdom and power as it says, behold the fear of God, that is wisdom. This is yield. So, so the fear of God, the Yira Shamaim, Yira Hashem, the fear of God is what takes us to wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is fear of God and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And the beginning of wisdom is fear of God. For they have rejected the word of God, what good is wisdom to them? So if a person doesn't learn Torah, doesn't know the ways of Hashem, doesn't understand why he's in this world, doesn't understand what's his purpose, what's, his, what's meaning in his life, he doesn't understand his makeup and why he's here, then uh, he's a fool. He's, he's going to live a foolish life. And do not be too wise, uh, uh, King Solomon says, that um, he says that, that but we are forbidden to study and pursue any kind of wisdom that acts upon us in a way that, that other than just stated, therefore said, and do not be too wise. With regard to folly and frivolity, however, he warns, against them whenever they, they be in small or large doses. Hence, he said, neither be a fool and did not say too much of a fool because even a small dose of foolishness spoils many virtues, as he said. And uh, it says in Kohelis, dead flies can spoil and ferment the perfumer's ointment. A little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So what he's saying here is that we have to be very careful not to become arrogant that we think that we're so intelligent, so bright, so wise, we know everything that we end up becoming arrogant. And at the end of the day, this, was, this will bring us to foolishness. So we should always keep a humble heart and we should always try to be the best we can be with what Hashem has given us to strive to, to be great, to, for greatness in Hashem's eyes. And, um, and, uh, and remember that there's a purpose in this world that you come here to make a home for Hashem. And as uh, once Rabbi Amar said from Golden Beach, he says, people are so worried, so worried about the world to come, about their home in the world to come, that they forget about the Olam um, Hazi, this world. They forget this world. They forget that Hashem put us in this world to create a, a home for him. But if we're worried creating a, 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 a home for Hashem in this world, then Hashem takes care of us in the Olam Abba. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.